Hello, this is episode 70 of the Alphology 2 podcast. How are you doing? How's it going? Is it going well? Are you staying indoors where possible? Um, so, something which everybody will be aware of, as long as they're an internet user, I would suggest that we are all internet users here. In fact, by the very nature of partaking in this this podcast by listening to it, you are using the internet. It's a fact nobody else is here listening to me now. So if you're listening to this, you are using the internet. So we've all used the internet, right? We're all internet users. And as, as internet users, we will all know that there is a lot of stuff out there about uh, coronavirus and all sorts of other things. And basically, none of it is funny um, anymore. Like, stuff used to be funny on the internet. The internet used to be really funny. Like, years ago, it was a really amusing place to be. You'd log into the internet to have a laugh. But now, like, never. Like, nothing on the internet is funny anymore. I'm a, I would say I'm a regular internet user, but probably also a reluctant internet user at the same time i use it for work but also in my 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 spare time my leisure time i do use the internet and i think that's more that i'm just just an addict i'm an addict like everybody else i think everybody is addicted to it and yeah like i said on the internet now we got addicted to it because it was funny but now it's not funny and that isn't because comedy or people trying to be funny have gone away, or that they've got worse. Uh, it's just that we don't engage with it in the same way. I mean, the internet has ruined things being funny, to be fair. Like, jokes that used to be funny have been ruined because the internet has shown them to us so many times. Like Jokes that are simple, like puns, or... Uh, sort of little bits of language trickery. We've all seen it so many times now because it's posted all over the internet all the time. It just feels overdone. So it's not funny. Things like minion memes, I guess that's that's minion minion memes are like the the base level of comedy, aren't they? It's like the most simplistic, stupid level of comedy is minion memes. Right. And they're not funny anymore, are they? So basically like really sort of simple comedy has gone. And complex comedy Sometimes it's too complex to be funny anyway. So a lot, basically, it's all gone away. I, I have a theory for this. And basically the theory is, is that Mark Zuckerberg is at fault. And like almost deliberately at fault as well. It's not like he, it's a side effect of what he's done. I think it is what he was trying to do. He was trying to remove humor from the world. And I'll explain why. And it, basically, he Zuckerberg didn't kill comedy by desensitizing us to humor that was a natural thing that happened as part of us using the internet all the time that isn't how we did it so i'll I'll explain to you how we did it we'll start with like a very very brief and very non-detailed history of social media so social media came about really yeah there there was things like friends reunited was there and napster but really the, the start of the social media boom was like 2005, 2009, wasn't it? About, about then, 
so people started to talk about it and use it regularly. It, the invention of the iPhone made a difference, didn't it? And the invention of broadband rather than dial-up internet. So you had like, I guess, MySpace and Bebo were probably the big, the big hitters back then. In about 2005, 2009, those were the, the big ones. And then from after that, like they just sort of went away from, I guess, about 2009 onwards. And they were replaced by Facebook and Twitter. And then Instagram was there as well. But that sort of got big later on. And then you got things like LinkedIn that will leave LinkedIn and YouTube to a certain extent to one side because they're like specialist social medias. YouTube is just for videos and LinkedIn is just for work. But Facebook, Instagram and Twitter are a little bit more diverse. So we'll focus on them. And actually really we'll mainly focus on Facebook because that's what I want to talk about. MySpace was really focused on music. And that's great, right? You can focus on music all you want, but the, the, the truth is you can't, there was no longevity in that because people don't give enough of a fuck about music, basically. Uh, you had MSN as well, I guess, if you could uh, link that into social media. And that was great. MSN was great. It was like the invention of, or the popularization of the GIF and the popularization of the emoji. You supposed to like, make your own emojis and your own GIFs and you could put it <laughs> into your, your text. If you... If you typed in like the word, I don't know, any word, I, I used, I, I remember one, I used to have it set up, if I typed in the word moo, there'd be a gif of a cow that would come up if I typed in the word moo, and it would never come up until you sent the message. So I would be talking to people on MSN when I was at school, and I would say to them like, oh, uh, I, I'm in a bad mood, right? And it would say, I'm in a bad, and then it'd be a gif of a cow, and then the letter D, because I was, I'd like mood, like moo, and then D. So, like, and all your conversations would be full of this, all GIFs and emojis everywhere, like really colourful, crazy conversations. Um, that sort of started the, the modern instant messaging uh, phenomenon that it is, MSM. And then you had Bebo as well. Bebo was, was, was quite childish and quite gimmicky. It was about share the love and about ranking your friends and about playing games and all that sort of stuff. So yeah, MySpace was too focused on music. Uh, MSN was good, but very limited. It was just just chat. And Bebo was too childish and gimmicky. Facebook sort of combined all the best parts of those. And that's how they, they took over, really, I guess. Particularly when they launched Facebook Chat. When they launched Facebook Chat, they, they basically gave us the ability to combine social networking and... Uh, instant messaging together that was just a game changer that just like blew everybody else at the water from there and facebook were were the big swinging dicks in town all right so uh that's that's happened facebook 2009 starts to reign supreme obviously you've got instagram that's got its own selling points like psychological gratification where you're like you get loads of likes on your on your picture and it makes you feel good so Instagram is all about showing off what a amazing looking person you are and how successful you are. And that sort of stuff, you'd be, I guess you'd be judged for it on Facebook. Whereas you probably wouldn't be judged for it on Instagram. In fact, you're not judged for it on Instagram. It's the purpose of Instagram. And then Twitter has its own selling points as well. Twitter offers you anonymity if you want it. It's a bit more intellectual. Uh, the, the posts are shorter, so easier to read. You interact with strangers more. 
you interact with celebrities more on Twitter. So Twitter's got its own its own funky little things that it does for you. But ultimately, Facebook has reigned supreme because it has personal connection with people that you uh, you love or people that you don't love as well. People that you you met once at a party. <laughs> uh, a lot of Facebook friends like that. I think I've got like I think I have seven hundred and fifty Facebook friends. I think. I've probably seen maybe a hundred of them in the last two years. <laughs> Other than that, it's all people from 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 the past. And like that's all well and good, right? Personal connection, people posting on each other's account, tag each other in photos. But really, Facebook doesn't make any money from that. They log in, people log in, they post a photo, they log out. They log in, they see what their aunt Brenda had for dinner. They go, oh. Uh, you've overdone your carrots, Brenda, and then they they log out. It doesn't keep them on Facebook, and Facebook needs you to be on there for a long time because they want to show you ads. And if they want to make more money, they need to show more ads. But people weren't spending long enough on Facebook for them to show enough ads to make a lot of money. So Logic would say, why don't you show more ads? Why don't you have more adverts per click so per page have more advertisements facebook didn't do that they said i don't have the exact quote but i remember it happening they said we're not going to show more ads because user experience is is what we're going for we want people to be happy on facebook and actually they said we're going to show i think they said we're going to show fewer ads and ads are going to be more expensive in the, in the short term, it says it's not about companies, it's about the people enjoying their use of Facebook. Everyone goes, oh, that's nice. That's nice. I think that happened in about 2014. They said that. So they stopped showing so many ads. It was less about companies, more about people maintaining this personal connection. That's, that's really nice. Aren't they, aren't they nice, Facebook, for doing that? And obviously they're not because they're a huge company and all they care about is making money. So there must be a reason for that. But the reason is, is that if people are spending more time interacting with their connections, they're spending more time on Facebook. So they're spending more time seeing ads. So even if you reduce the number of ads, reduce the number of companies you get shown, they still... So say, for example, before they were seeing um, one ad a minute. People, Just for example, you see one ad per minute on Facebook. But it's so saturated with companies... And it's so filled with inane stuff that people don't want to to spend hours looking at. So people log in for five minutes, scroll past the company stuff, look at Brenda's carrots, and then they log off. To get them to spend more time, they increased the number of posts from your family members. So there'd be more more photos of carrots to to engage with, right? And that's a good thing, right? That is a good thing. More time spent with our family i.e. more time spent on Facebook. So they were seeing one ad a minute before, now they're seeing one ad every 30 seconds. So, sorry, one ad every two minutes. There we go, that's better. So instead of seeing an ad a minute, but only spending five minutes, so five ads, they're seeing one ad every two minutes, but they're spending 20 minutes, so they're seeing 10 ads. So actually, there are more adverts being served to them, but there's few. it feels like there's fewer because they're, they're happening at less regular intervals. That's it's quite clever. That's why Facebook did that. I don't know if you can hear birds in the background. <laughs> There's a, a tree full of them. They've got absolutely mental outside. Um, 
but yeah, people need content to stay on Facebook. That's basically what it's all about. Facebook wanted people to stay on Facebook, and Aunt Brenda's carrots weren't cutting it, so they they needed better content to make people stay on Facebook. So in about 2015, 2014, around about that time, funny pictures and funny posts were hot fucking shit on Facebook. They were hot property. Everybody loved a funny post on Facebook. My theory is is that that was deliberate. Facebook started to show us more stuff that was funny. The algorithm decided to pick up things that was funny. So it decided to pick up things that had a lot of likes. So people see something's funny. Ha ha, that's funny. I like that. And then they they introduced their reaction buttons, didn't they? So uh, if it gets a lot of laugh reacts, it would get shown to people more. So funny stuff gets shown to people all the time. And that sort of plays a part of the desensitization part of it. But mostly it kept everybody on Facebook. Stuff that's funny. You spend longer on Facebook looking at it because it's funny. You enjoy things that are funny. They get to serve you more ads. And actually, despite the fact they said they were going to penalise advertisers, so ads were going to become more expensive because there'd be fewer of them, actually this had the reverse effect because because people were spending so much longer, there were actually more ad slots available than there were before. Because even if there's half as many ads on the page, people are spending more than twice as long on the page. There'd be more ad slots actually the advertisers ended up getting better value and Facebook ended up making more money by putting less ads on Facebook, which is kind of cool, right? It's kind of kind of genius when you think about it. But then Facebook had a, a change of heart or they realized something, I think. I don't know if this is true, but I think it's true. It's why I've observed. So the share function became prevalent. So stuff on Facebook didn't used to get shared an awful lot, but then all of a sudden, stuff started to get shared. You say you'd share something that was posted by somebody else to your account. And everything on Facebook started to become shared. You start to see shared content, and you still do, still the same. You go on Facebook, you'll see people sharing stuff. That never used to happen. If you used to share something, it just wasn't favoured by the algorithm. You just didn't see it on, on your timeline very much. So why do they do that, right? And it's the same theory, right? If you share funny content, you're sharing, instead of posting funny content and that being pushed up, other people's content gets pushed up. So you share something that you think is funny. Uh, again, that would probably improve the quality of the, the, the funny stuff on your, on your profile because you're not relying on your friends and family to post it. You're relying on them to share it from people who actually are funny. So you get more value out of Facebook. It's funnier. So you start to see these funny videos all the time you see these funny videos happening all the time because the share the share function became prevalent. And this coincided with like, I guess, climate change and uh the the election campaign of Donald Trump and the Brexit referendum. So people started to share stuff that wasn't funny, but was political and was uh, emotionally engaging. And I think Facebook picked up on this. And I think they realized that emotionally engaging content is better for, for keeping the audience engaged than funny content. Because funny content, like, things are either funny or they're not. I, I know it's subjective, but 
doesn't matter if, it, if it's subjective. The point is, is that people either find something funny or they don't. So if someone shares a funny video, the chances are at least 25% of people aren't going to think it's funny because it just doesn't suit their humour. If you share something which is controversial or emotionally engaging, it doesn't matter because it's emotionally engaging to everybody. Everybody has an opinion about Donald Trump or Brexit or climate change. It doesn't matter what your opinion is. And at the moment, it's coronavirus. Everybody has opinions on it. It doesn't matter whether your opinion is if you're pro-lockdown, anti-lockdown, pro-mask, anti-mask, if you're um, pro-Trump, anti-Trump, pro-Brexit, anti-Brexit. It doesn't matter because you will emotionally engage with that content and you will be addicted to seeing content about that because it gives you an emotional hit. And I reckon they tested it. And I reckon they tested it with older people because older people are... Uh, will be sensitive, but I can't really be uh, not very smart when it comes to being online. They'll just believe anything you tell them. And I know this because I'm friends with older people on Facebook and I see their stuff on their Facebook. It's just fucking like it's shared from like, yeah, a site hosted by one man in his bunker. And they, they, they act like it's a legitimate source. And I reckon it started, they, they, they toyed with this emotional content stuff with one particular post which i saw shared all the time and if you go back on people's profiles you will see it all the time in about 2015 16 it's not one post in particular but it's one topic in particular and this topic is do you remember when you were a kid and you used to go out and play until the street lights went off or you used to go and ride your bike or uh, you weren't allowed to watch television or things like that. Kids today will never understand. They started to do that, right? It's good, right? That, that, that everybody engages with that at an emotional level. If you're young and you didn't have those things or you are perceived to not have those things, you engage with that thing. These fucking old people, they all hate kids, yada, yada, yada. If you're old, it makes you nostalgic and it makes you angry at the current youth and it does and that post appeared everywhere in about 2015-16 and I think that was Facebook's sort of flagship post where they experimented with making people engage emotionally with stuff and they switched the tactic so they stopped showing you funny stuff they started showing you emotional stuff they started making people share stuff written by other people that was emotionally engaging and you see it everywhere. If you go on Facebook now and read all the posts on Facebook for five minutes, I guarantee that you'll see at least one post that makes you happy, at least one post that makes you angry, at least one post that makes you sad within about five minutes. And you'll probably see five adverts as well. Um, and that stuff keeps you going back. Emotions are addictive. Those sort of emotions are addictive and humans aren't supposed to have them that often. We're not supposed to live in a world that is that emotionally engaging, but we do. It's much more addictive than comedy, much more addictive than laughing, is being angry and being upset. And it doesn't matter who you are. You, know, you get a lot of people who get spammed with conspiracy theory stuff, and that makes you emotionally engaged. You, you see how people fall into these holes with, you know, it can be anything. It can be 4G, sorry, 5G conspiracy theories they fall down the hole with it it could be vaccine ones that they fall down the hole with it i refuse to engage with it on my facebook i i close facebook every single time 
I see a conspiracy theory post that I don't like, that I'm just not going to get into seeing them all the time because it, it will show them to you even if you don't like them. So instead, I get controversial posts about soccer. And that that's that's how it gets me. It gets me emotionally by talking about soccer, right? And I do engage with it, and it, they, so they get me another way. It doesn't matter who you are. It doesn't matter what you do. They get you somewhere or another. So Facebook essentially has a vested interest in things not being funny, things not necessarily being happy, but everything being serious. So they want things to be serious. So everything is now serious. And they want to promote conspiracies because they're engaging and they want to promote controversy because it's engaging because it makes them more money. They get to show more ads because people spend longer on Facebook. And that means that every, even if you do make a joke now, the chances are that the joke that you make has, a, has an emotional response to it. And this isn't a commentary on like the snowflake generation or anything. I think that's all sort of bollocks because everybody does it. Everybody can't take a joke anymore. And it, it's basically just, depends on your point of view what you can't take a joke about <laughs> um if you're right wing the chances are you probably can't take a joke about donald trump it's true right everybody has a thin skin now because everything has been made serious because uh, emotional content is is the new gold rush basically so jokes are dead satire is dead um because things have got so weird as well. Things have got so weird in the world. You can't do satire anymore. Because these people who are lunatics, who are very extreme in their opinions, have now taken center stage because their content gets promoted. Uh, you can't take the piss out of anybody because you can't seem like you're like a caricature or somebody because the caricatures are the real people, right? And like, there's an account on Twitter called Three Year Letterman. Look it up if you've got Twitter. It's a very funny account, right, if you know what it's doing. And he sort of capitalised on all this. He, he is a character, three-year letterman. He's a real person behind the character. And what it, the character he plays is a high school football coach, American football coach, who claimed it was really harsh on his kids. And he's American and he's from something like George Aaron America and he thinks that Jesus was American and that um, Americans invented, invented electricity and that America is the oldest country in the world and what he does he just goes on to like major accounts like Donald Trump or whoever it may be Kanye West doesn't matter who it is a major account and he'll just post these accounts um and he'll just post this stuff underneath it. You know, Jesus was the greatest American. Um, yeah, I I wouldn't let my my kids drink water during the coaching session because water is is for winners. And uh, one of them keeled over with dehydration, so I I, I kicked him in the face for uh, for weakness. And he does all this stuff, and, it, and the amount of people that engage with it, even though it's clearly to me clearly satire, the amount of people who don't see it. It's hilarious, right? It is funny. But the reason why he's managed to get away with that is because these people do exist, right? It is satire, but people who say these sort of things are real and they are centre stage. So he's sort of managed to make a bit of comedy out of it, weirdly. But largely people are beyond satire. 
he is funny though. Like he says things like, uh, people say like, oh, you know, who are you? You're just a high school football coach. You're a failure. And he goes, yeah, but you know, every single time I, I walk into the school, I get a, I get a standing ovation from all the students. And, you know, I peaked in high school and I haven't stopped peaking since. And, you know, I'm a, he says he's a one percenter because he makes $30 an hour. It's funny, right? It's a good account. You should check it out. Um, but he, he's a very, like, in a very specific sweet spot. He's the only person who has managed to capitalise on it, really, that I could think of. Largely, though, being funny is over. Would anything be funny again? Probably not. These are things like, like Jojo Rabbit. I don't know if you saw that film. Great film. I loved it. Jojo Rabbit was criticised for... Uh, it, it's like a it's a satire film about Nazis, and it's set in Nazi Germany, and it's it's about a kid who's a member of the Hitler Youth, and his best friend is an imaginary version of Hitler. Uh, and right, it's clearly a joke, right? It's a comedy film. It's clearly a joke, right? But people are so sensitive about it. They say we shouldn't have nazis on tv making jokes because it makes people sympathetic to nazis no it doesn't it's literally the opposite it's taking the piss out of them so you can't even make a joke about nazis at nazis anymore because people think that you're making light of nazis and that sort of sums it up everything is too serious everything is a serious issue you can't even take the piss out of nazis anymore because people think that you 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 are pro-nazi and then in addition to that people who are nazis are upset by it everything's so serious and that's sort of my point but the 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 core of that was that zuckerberg wanted to make more money and he made everything not funny he made everything emotional and that's why we have lunatic conspiracy theorists running the show that's why the facts don't mean anything anymore because it's not very profitable. Um, and yeah, isn't that fucked up? <laughs> I'll leave it there. Uh, that's what, like 28 minutes. We'll cut it down to about 25. Beautiful, beautiful. Sweet spot in terms of the length of this. Uh, I'll see you next week. The bit.